Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. All right, how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Project Sports. This week we have something a little bit different. We're doing a, a phone call interview because the man I'm interviewing does not have a computer, and this is what we have to deal with, but he's more than enough to bring on because he's a close friend of mine, and we're happy to oblige here at Project Sports. Damian Monreal, what's going on? Welcome to the wow. show. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm sorry I don't have a computer, guys. Uh, <laughs> deal with it, I guess. Yeah, we all got to deal with it. And we also have to deal with the fact that he's an Eagles fan. And we brought him on the show because the Eagles and the Patriots had a preseason game. And now we're just going to do a post-game wrap-up of the show, which is pretty cool. Um, I've never done like a, a post-game like immediately after. I've done like a pre-game with the Cowboys, with Ricks, uh, probably three or four days out before the Patriots played them. But um you know, going into season is pretty cool. Picking out an Eagles fan to come on the show. We have had one other Eagles fan on the show. Um, Brandon's actually an Eagles fan as well. But this is uh, this is his team, and we're going to break this game down. It does not look good for your Eagles, man. Not tonight. Thirty-five, nothing going into the fourth quarter. We got two minutes left in the game. It is not looking good. Um, is there any? I mean, you got to have some gripes tonight. I know Ooh. we can we, we can we can talk about the thing where. Jalen Hurts uh, was starting in warmups, and then all of a sudden he was out due to illness, non-COVID related. But he was warming up and he was dancing on the field. I'm not sure what happened. I didn't really look into it because I was focused on the game. But do, do you know anything, or is this just a random, like, we're not playing him tonight? I don't know anything either. I mean, I thought he was playing too. He came off the bus just fine, but... I, I don't know if this is some weird little tactic of a new coach. I, I don't know because he had about half a starter starting and the other half not starting. It was just a really weird mix-up. So I, I'm guessing this is just a precaution. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was really strange. Everyone was expecting him to play. He was expecting to play. And, yeah, last second he didn't. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was too. And, I mean, I was excited to see Jalen Hurts play. I mean, you know, it's finally, it's going to be his team. He's definitely, you know, going to be the starter. I mean, especially after we saw what happened with Joe Flacco tonight. I think that, uh, you know, expectedly he's going to be taking over this team and, um, you know, getting rid of Carson Wentz and all that kind of shows that. I was really excited to see Jalen Hurts play. But fortunately, I mean, obviously, I think you guys have a decent offensive line and going forward, you guys will be okay. I don't know what happened tonight, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't be too worrisome other than it's a preseason game. A lot of backups came in. They did keep a lot of the Eagles wide receivers on the field late into the second quarter um, before the end of the half. Not sure what that was about, but maybe it's just trying to get some repetition with Joe in there. Um, but is there any standout from the Eagle tonight that you actually want to pull out? And be like, <laughs> oh, he did a great job. <laughs> this, this is a I, tough one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see much good. Uh, the, the backups on the D-line, they weren't getting any impression at all. So what's your guys' new quarterback? Is it Mac Jones, right? Yeah, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, fighting it, for the jobs. Yeah, well, Mac Jones was just tearing them apart. He had all day in the pocket, and even who do you guys have now? Brian Hoyer is the third string. He's even third string, time. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the backup defensive line, which started the game, just never generated any pressure, and including the third string didn't do anything. So that was pretty sad to see. But the only good and bright spot I saw was the middle linebacker named Alex Singleton. He's got an interesting story. He has been cut four or five times from a few different teams, and. Eagles picked him up from the CFL last year, and he, I think he was third in tackles the entire year, even though he missed about four games starting. So 
he's been the one bright spot in the Eagles the last two years. So, um, yeah, he's the only thing to look forward to. That's the guy with the long, <laughs> the long hair. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. He was all over the field tonight too. Yeah, as far yeah, as yeah. the only one kind of carrying the Eagles defense. Um, and yeah, like you said, the defensive line there was pretty much no pressure at all. Either it was the offensive line and the Patriots looking good or the defensive line looking really bad, but either way it didn't, you know, things didn't seem to pan out and it gave the, you know, the Patriots a lot of time to move the ball. And for, and for us on our side of the ball, the running game was solid and it, which helped to open up the passing game pretty quick. And Cam Newton finally making some decent throws. He was eight for nine on the night, 103 yards. Mac Jones was 13 for 19, 146 yards. Um, and Jacoby Myers is a great wide receiver. Uh, really, you know, Someone that no one projected coming out of uh, was he last year that he was going to be anything two years ago, and he's really developed into a nice player for the Patriots. And uh, he got a touchdown tonight with with Cam Newton. And yeah, I mean, this was kind of a, a weird game because you know, kind of just blew him out the entire the, the entire game. <laughs> and there was there was kind of no contest. Yeah, it felt like the the Pats were firing all on all cylinders and they couldn't stop the run. The other two Patriots I want to bring up is J.J. Taylor and Ramad Stevenson. Uh, Ramad Stevenson is an un, uh, former Sooners, a fourth-round pick for the Patriots this year, and then J.J. Taylor is undrafted from Arizona, and they come in swinging one-two punch with J.J. being real small running back and really shifty, and then Ramad Stevenson being a bigger running back, and it just was a bad combination. I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to those two going into the season. Yeah, that spin move from J.J. Taylor that he kept putting out there was putting people on skates. Yeah, it was. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was impressed. I was He's really fighting for a job because, I mean, Sony Michelle and Damian Harris, the other two Patriots running backs, they're good as well. And, you know, it, to have four good running backs like this, the, the core is going to be excellent. So it's exciting going forward. Um, gosh, man, they're really... 35 nothing. Never really give us anything for the Eagles side here. <laughs> yeah, and it just started off all wacky. I mean, I guess it was doomed from the start, but yeah, I just don't fully understand what the whole game plan was there. With this. Yeah. Again, half what the starters going in, half them not. How do you feel about Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, I think that was the worst move the Eagles could have made. They gave him, gave him guaranteed money for a quarterback who hasn't been able to produce for what, the last two years. And I believe last year he was one of the worst on a. So it was pro football focus. Yeah, it was just a really bad idea. They should have just let, um, they should have just let Jalen Hurts be comfortable with himself being the starter, and then just hired some nobody as the second and third string because yeah. there's no expectations in the season. No. Yeah, I, you know, I still look back to the day when he got that big contract from Baltimore, and I just laughed. And he was when he won the championship. He was just really a product of a really good team and a good defense and a lot of a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I used to say they used to throw the ball downfield and they got a lot of those calls and like outside the line down the field on the left and right side. Like they got a lot of, you know, flags for them. And I always felt that Joe wasn't as good as, you know, people talked about. And, and obviously it's going down fast these past couple of years. He's just been able to do nothing. Oh yeah. You're absolutely right. He's like a poor man or maybe a rich man's Trent Dilfer. If you remember him from 2000, 2001. Yeah. He's just a game manager. He got, or he was able to skate as a game manager, carried by a great defense and a good running game. So. Yeah, and then your your guys' uh, third stringer or Nick Mullins came into the game. Oh, like, he has been horrific the last two games. It has been disgusting to watch. Uh, yeah. I actually had a lot of hope for him because he had some bright spots in San Francisco when he was playing. 
after Jimmy G went down, he had some mm. nice spots out there, but he looks like a completely different player now. Yeah, in the same conference, maybe it's changing from coast to coast. Who knows? But he looked really lost for sure out there, and it wasn't didn't look too uh, didn't look too good. But um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that will kind of break down the you know the entire game. I mean, what we got going, it was it, it was a decent one, thirty five nothing for the Patriots, <laughs> but a one to forget for the Eagles for sure. Uh-huh. Went down to the wire. Went down to the wire. Um, so I guess we're just going to ask some fun Eagles questions for sure. Because, I mean, you know, we've yeah, I'm a Patriots fan. You're an Eagles fan. There Obviously, yeah. there's, there's been some rivalry games, Super Bowls. We've both played in against each other uh, as fans. And uh, just some things I want to ask to get, you know, get us involved and have some fun on this podcast. But who do you think will the Eagles will do? How do you think the Eagles will do this season? Sorry. I am either going to – I'm going to have two projections. I think the low point is probably going to be about a four-game or a five-game winning season. (laughs) Okay. Leaning more to four, depending on how Nick Sirianni comes out as a head coach. I honestly don't have much faith in him. He's a young guy, but I just – I think he's a puppet for Howie Roseman. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to get on my grip on Howie Roseman yet, but, yes. So, low point, four games. I'm going to say high point, about six or seven. Six or seven, Okay. Well, I mean, a lot of people are higher on Jalen Hurts this year, but I mean, obviously the roster has to be conducive to the, the quarterback as well. And you're not going to win many games when your roster yes. is, is rough. So we'll, we'll see how things going forward. So that's an honest opinion. And I like it. I like when people come on here and give their honest opinion about their team. It's yeah. I, mean, I felt, felt the same way last year. My team wasn't going to be successful. I feel a little bit better this year about the Patriots, but yeah, so that's some good stuff. All right, we'll move on to a more, uh, maybe a more exciting question. What is your favorite Eagles moment of all time? Oh, favorite Eagle moment of all time. I'm going to take it back to 2007, I believe. No, it was actually early 2008. It was an Eagles-Vikings wildcard game. And Asante Samuel, I'm sure you remember him, right? Oh, I remember. He was a Patriot, yeah, of course. Yeah, Asante Samuel got a pick six off Tavares Jackson. And Tavares Jackson just got depleted by one of the defensive linemen, Chris Clemens, on the return. I I don't know if you remember it all that much, but I was was ecstatic that one, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that was yeah, that's a good play. I, I honestly thought it was going to be the uh, what do they call it? The Philly, the Philly oh, special the Philly against special? the pa- no, Patriots in the Super Bowl. No, that's everyone's go-to. Um, yeah, you know, I like that you dig deep in that one, going all the way back. I like it. Yeah, I just remember how that made me feel as a kid. I I was never happier. Yeah, Asante Samuel was a great player. He played oh, amazing he for is. the Pats, and then continued his success with the Eagles as well. Yeah, so Santi Samuel was a big gem. Uh, what did you guys pick him up in the third round of 2002, I believe it was? Yeah, yeah. That was a great draft pick. Never regrettable, but classic Bill always did the same thing. He made a made a start out of him and then got rid of him towards the back half of his career, and he still yeah, played. Yeah, let him walk. <laughs> let him walk, as usual. But that was one of the rare cases, though, where a player that he let walk actually ended up playing fairly well after. Yeah, yes, very true. A lot of the times, Bill knows exactly when to get rid of them, and he does. As soon as they're gone, they're they're horrible. Who's that guy on the Lions that the Lions overpaid for? Was it Trey Flowers? Trey Flowers. Yep, that's him. Yeah, he, he kind of fell off immediately, but he played super well for the Pats. I mean, a lot of players. Even uh, I mean, Kyle Vinoy had an all right season last year, but he went down to, to the Dolphins and he didn't play so well. Guess what? Now he's back he's up here at the right Patriots back. for for a cheaper contract. And you know, hello. You know who else that happened to that was an Eagle was uh, Patrick Chung. Yes. Oh, he man. was horrible with the Eagles. Horrible. And then he comes right back. Comes right back and he's right on par. He was a good Patriot, you know. <laughs> he's a nice, yeah. he's a good boy. 
Is but, he still playing? Because I remember, I think he opted out last year, right? He did opt out last year. I think he retired um, after the season, but I, I can't be sure on that. I'm pretty sure he did because I, I haven't seen him in training camp or anything. I've been watching uh, pretty closely, but I'm pretty sure he retired if I remember correctly. I mean, I'll, I'll look it up. Um, but who, I guess we'll go with another favorite of yours. Uh, it might be the guy you just talked about. It might not be, but who's your favorite Eagle of all time? Current and like old, old uh, teams. Ooh, so yeah, old team. I'd have to put a toss up between Santi Samuel and Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook, that is a good one. Yeah, he He's was a great running back. All time favorites. Yeah, he was. I, I don't think he ever got the credit that he deserved. He was a running back on a team without receivers. Uh, without the 2004 season of the Eagles, you could not name one receiver, I'm sure. I think I could. Okay, name one receiver from the Eagles. Uh, 2005 under, and T.O. doesn't count. Name one. No, T.O. doesn't count. Yep. I used to actually play with that. It, well, you know what? I, I don't think I can off the top of my head, but I used to be able to when I was younger, for sure, because I knew every wide receiver yeah. set <laughs> when I used to play Madden when I was a kid. But um, I'm sure you know all of them. So <laughs> you, you picked. Jeez, uh, yeah. now I'm going to look it up. I remember the defense for like Brian Dawkins and all that. Yeah. But so I can tell you the names nice. right now. They were yeah. trash. <laughs> it was a uh, Todd Pinkston who was famous. Oh my gosh, alligator Pinkston. hands. Yeah, some alligator hands. Freddie Mitchell, who was a Freddie Mitchell. Bus. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, Greg Lewis, and you can throw your mix in of another couple of bums they picked off the street. But yeah, so he was the main receiver, the main runner. He did it all on. He, I don't think he ever got the credit that he deserved because he never had no crazy numbers. He never got past, I think, 1,300 yards in the season. So really yeah. underrated guy, but he, he really carried the team. When I was a kid, one of my favorite players on that team where the Eagles was Javon Curse. He played a lot like Richard Seymour for the Patriots, and I used to love oh. defensive ends. Yeah. Javon Curse was a baller. He was a great so, defensive end. Javon Curse, the freak. He was, little, uh, I think, my second or my third Eagles jersey. Uh, he was just really underperforming up for the Eagles. He wasn't the same that he was in Tennessee, but yeah, so, still, still awesome still, to see. Yeah, still a good player. Um, yeah, I've always had always had an eye since I was a kid for them. I used to remember watching football young, and I'd be like, "What is what are those guys called?" To my to my dad when I was young, and she'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, it's "Defensive ends." And uh, Dwight Freeney, Javon Curse, Richard Seymour. I mean, those are the guys that I loved when I was a kid. Those those guys would come off the edge and blow by people. And I mean, nowadays they're that that position has even gotten crazier. Like the ones uh, Chase Young and no, oh, you've got to be a freaking nature to play the Khalil Mack. Yeah, it's it's crazy how how beastly those those yeah. gentlemen are. I'll but, tell um, you a random defensive end who was on that Eagles team who ended up be, ended up becoming a stud after was uh, Derek Burgess. Derek Burgess. Okay, yes, I remember him. Yeah, he wasn't too famous with the Eagles, but when he shipped over to the Raiders, and I think he even played with the Patriots, he was traded for for Seymour, wasn't he? Uh, Burgess. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. If I I remember right, you guys got Burgess and the Raiders got Seymour. In that trade? Yeah. Yeah, to the Raiders? Yeah, I remember that trade. That was a very sad day for me. Um, Yeah, that was around... Damn, I want to like, say yeah, to the run to the seven two thousand eight. That was when Randy Moss came in too, around that time. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, wild. Um, all right, I got uh, who is the most? Who's better, Nick Foles or Tom Brady? 
I mean, what's their matchup in the playoffs? <laughs> That's all I can judge Come on. By, let's, I not guess. Be, let's not use insanity. Okay, here, you no, know? It's, <laughs> it's obvious Tom Brady is the best there's ever been and probably the best there ever will be. But Nick Foles Listen. just has some magic with him, some pixie dust that he uses whenever he's in the playoffs in Philadelphia only. This as long as I've known you and how many conversations I've had with you about this. I've never actually heard you say this. He it's is fantastic. the best of all time. But right now, if they were to play head-to-head, come on, Nick Foles has his number. <laughs> so far, he does. You know, he's, he's he always balls out when he plays against Tom. He does. He <laughs> never does. shakes his hand, too. He just walks off the field. <laughs> yeah. How? Let's talk about that. Tom Brady will not shake his hand. <laughs> They even actually talked about it one time during the game. Someone yes. brought it up in an interview, And he blew right? it off. He blew it off. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, I just didn't see him. Yeah. Didn't see him. Oh, he didn't try to seek him out either. <laughs> yeah. Nick Foles is such a nice guy. Like, come yeah. on. I just think Tom should keep it up and keep it going, you know? <laughs> we got to look at the back of the footage if, to see if he shook Eli's hand as well, you know, just to make sure. So how, about how, that? Yeah, no uh, worries. How, how's your? Oh yeah, you're fine. Yeah. How's uh, how's your feelings about the 2004 season losing to the Patriots? Uh, that's something that always has stuck with you. And yes. was it like a jubilation when you guys finally won against the Patriots? Uh, you know, years later. So 2004. Let me play it back. I think it was in second grade or first grade, but I clearly remember watching the game and I cried. I, I was a furious little kid that day. I tore up all my Tom Brady cards that I had, even a few rookie cards. <laughs> I was I was furious. Yeah, so uh, you had to I know had, what was going to happen. Jeez Louise! No, already- no, I had faith. I had faith. To was coming back. Uh, to missed the entire playoffs with a broken leg and played that game with a broken leg. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I, I don't know. I thought they could hang in there, but McMahon was just. Uh, like that was a big issue that game. I came to find out later. I didn't understand as a kid, but he was playing the game hungover. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you see, he's throwing up on the field. Uh, he was partying, I guess, really late that, that that night before. So, yeah, it was really something too. Like that that whole team, like even the their star players, like with McNabb and To, and how complicated that whole relationship was between them, the coach, getting them to play, Andy Reid, and uh, I think even for me. Um, we both watched this game in Africa, I think, together. But seeing the Chiefs win and watching Andy Reid actually win, no more deserving, I think, of a coach that actually you know deserved a, a Super Bowl championship at this point. And I thought it was pretty awesome that he got a he got a ring. So I mean, the Eagles I, ended up getting one, so did Andy Reid down the road. So it was pretty awesome. I will disagree with you about Andy Reid deserving a ring. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I really will. I love Big Red as a coach, and I—I I, I mean, not as a coach. I love him as a figure in Philadelphia. However, as a coach, he is the worst when it comes to game management, especially with the time. Yes. If, if you really look back bad. at any of his playoff games with the Eagles, he destroys them with the time, especially in the Super Bowl one. In the last drive, he chewed way too much time. He did it multiple times, even with the Chiefs. He's done it before too, where he's almost made colossal mistakes. I mean, that's. That's been kind of the big thing. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he got it done. He led a football team to the promised land. But that's a great point. I mean, that's something that mm-hmm. he was knocked on for years about his game management. A hundred percent. Those four NFC championships he took the Eagles to and lost them all, all the same thing. But um, right. I, am, I am very happy for him. I just, I'm pretty sure many coaches could do it with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and that whole crew. Yeah. For sure, but you got to have that person to you know build infrastructure, run the program, build a healthy thing. So for that, I give oh. him some credit. But yeah, it is a hundred percent. 
good good football players. So, going into the season, I uh, one of the questions that we had talked about before we started was, what are four NFL teams that are at the top going into the season? Like, what is your projection of the four most likely teams to make the Super Bowl? So let's just do two out of the NFC, two out of the AFC. Who you got going? Okay, so I don't have the Buccaneers. <laughs> going to the Super Bowl. Okay. I, I do not. No, I think Tom Brady's finally going to fizzle out. However, he proves everyone wrong almost every year, so he'll probably prove me wrong anyways. So, NFC teams, I'm with the Rams, to be honest. The LA I, Rams. I believe you we're going to finally see the best part of uh, Matt Stafford come out. So, <laughs> Okay. All right. I like that pick. That's yeah. good. I've got the Rams. Rams. And then number two, I'm going to put another a- or NFC West team in Seattle. Jeez, okay. Um, Seattle doesn't look all that good at all, to be honest. I think they still have a bunch of offensive <laughs> line issues, but don't they always? Yeah, the, and I mean, that's masterfully what um, Russell Wilson <laughs> always gets out of, you know, is rolling around in the pocket and rolling out. But I mean, how much longer can we see him do that kind of stuff? I mean, um, yeah, two teams out of the NFC West. All right, so who do you got for the AFC? AFC, obviously Kansas City. And then depending on how Tannehill plays, I think we're finally going to see if Tannehill really is what he's talking about or what everyone's been talking about, if he can actually become a thrower. Obviously, they're going to rely heavily on Derrick Henry, but now that he's got more options, he can't he can't run away from it that much. But we're going to finally see how good of a thrower he is with uh, Julio Jones and uh, who is it? Hollywood Brown, is it? AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown. There we go. So. Yeah, get a good offense there. Um oh you're talking about you're talking about Tennessee or you're talking about Yeah, yeah, no, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, because you said Is Julio, there another sorry. Brown? No, who yeah. was on Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. Well, you said what did you say with it? You said you picked the Dolphins, right? Oh, never no, mind. No, 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 no. I said you said Ted Hill, my mind went backwards all the way to the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Titans. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're picking yeah. the Titans and Chiefs yeah. on that side. Roger yeah. that. All right. I'm on, I'm on par. I'm on court. You know, here we go. There we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So for, I've got three potential teams. One, you could see a, uh, a breakout for the AFC um, and just maybe in talent and maybe, or maybe not make that final four, but the chargers will start with him. Justin Herbert making a, having a breakout season. My only concern is just, you know, seeing the coach, the players and everyone put it all together. So I'm not going to pick them for the final four. But that's just like kind of my, like my third place. You know, trophy. Uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs because obviously we're both in agreement with this 100%. Mm-hmm. They're coming back hungry and for more. And Patrick Holmes did the one thing that Tom Brady always does. And this is what I wanted him to do. He restructured his contract to make sure that everyone else got signed and make sure that things are going to work out for the rest of them. And that is how you build longevity in the NFL as a good quarterback. Once you've identified you're a good quarterback, please don't be selfish. Make sure you do that. So I thought that was good on him, and then now I have hope for the Chiefs to continue uh, doing what they've been doing the last four years. Um, and then my other team is just the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to they're take that next step, maybe even make the Super Bowl, but definitely make that Final Four again. It's a good roster. They found their QB, and it's their time, man. It's their time to run the AFC East, and only the Patriots can stand in the way. So the Dolphins and Jets <laughs> will take a back seat, but the Patriots may be able to stand in their way if Bill has anything to say about it. But for me... Bills and Chiefs on the AFC side. Um, NFC, uh, I'm going to just stick to how I feel about what's going for. I have to pick the Buccaneers because they've got 
their starting lineup all coming back on both sides of the ball. Everything we already know what the product is going to be. The Saints are going to be worse this year. It's unknown oh, with absolutely. the Panthers. The Falcons are up in the air. They are, we we can't just we can't trust the Falcons ever. So for them, I feel like coming to the NFC South, having an easier year again, and my, me, it's it's definitely going to be for the second squad. Is I'm gonna, I'm going to agree with you with the LA Rams. I think that they have a good defense. And bringing Stafford in to see what he can really do with a you know a better run structure of an organization since the Rams have gone to LA they have been a much better organization and much better run and things have just fallen into place. Both your uh, your your uh, all four of your picks I slightly disagree with some of them a little bit different but we all have our you know our, our perspectives on things and I think that you made some good selections but yeah um, I'm excited for the NFL season how about yourself. Oh, I'm very ex- actually. I'm going to take it back. I'm not all that excited this year, um, just because uh, this is the first year in a while that I haven't had a bunch of optimism about it. So, yeah, and you're back I in mean, the states finally, and now I'm back in the states like, finally. Yeah, after six years. Um, but I am excited to see how Jalen Hurts plays out. Uh, I am excited to see that again. I don't expect a good year this year, but I do want to see if he is the future. And if he's not, then I'm guessing Deshaun Watson's the future. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I don't agree. Okay. I don't agree with it all that much. But the Eagles are most likely going to have three first round picks, depending on Carson Wentz. If not, they're going to have two and two seconds. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see how the Eagles end up looking. So, especially well, Jalen Hurts. Maybe, maybe we'll definitely bring you back on the podcast, like you know, a couple games into the season, and then see where the where they kind of going that way we can kind of get a better gauge on things i think that'll be really cool to see maybe maybe you right now you're a little bit pessimistic but maybe we'll see some optimism on the rise after seeing the team play actual real games that are not preseason getting beat 35 nothing because it honestly to me <laughs> honestly to me it's like yeah it's good to see your team run well but at the end of the day it's preseason and it, that's what it's for it's time to fix things and your best Absolutely. player by far and away wasn't playing it changes the dynamic of the entire game so absolutely can we talk about one quick letdown real quick today yeah yeah, of um, course Devontae smith a letdown okay yeah he was doing horrible at first and they were obviously trying to get him involved in the game but i think he dropped two passes and one he just couldn't reach and obviously some of it's fault of joe flacco but he did not look too good today i think he had a two catches all in all yeah and they were yeah they were short it was like 19 yards or so yeah a little dumpy passes so little dumpy passes that they threw over to him but i mean it's always tough losing your quarterback right before a game and i wonder if they knew that was going to happen when you're working hard i mean they practiced against the patriots all week they had jalen hurts and then all of a sudden he got pulled and sometimes it messes with the psyche obviously i i personally think when that happens it's it's bad news bears yeah for the bad timing so Yeah, yeah exactly so it depends how much, you know, rep time he was getting with, with Joe Flacco, which I'm going to assume it wasn't much, you know? Yeah. So, but, oh, uh, can we circle back around a one question that I didn't answer of yours? You yeah, said favorite current Eagle, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did not favorite. give you one. So it is a player named Jordan Mylotta. <laughs> Do you <laughs> know who this oh, is? No, oh, but only you would pick some guy that no one knows yet. All right, cool. Oh, I love, I love Love the underdogs. So Jordan Mailata, he's a six foot eight, I want to say 370 or 380 pound left tackle. Left tackle, okay. He did not start playing football until two or three years ago. The Eagles signed him as a rugby player. Heck yeah. 
Yeah, and he played last year, and he was demolishing people. He was pancaking, what's his name, Demarcus Lawrence from the Cowboys. He helped. He's a rugby player, and this man can run at 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he can run. He's athletic. He's strong. He's probably, I don't know. I, I want to say he's Pro Bowl bound this year or next year, but he has picked up his game. And all his game on film is looking better and better every day as long as he picks up technique, and he's crushing it out there. So just keep an That's eye on him. Good Number 68. Yeah. 68. All right. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the Patriots had a, um, a rugby player for a little bit, about five or six years. He played on special teams and he would always get tackles with Matthew Slater. His name was Nate Ebner. He actually played on the USA Olympic team for, for rugby. Um, I think I remember his name. Yeah. He was always on special teams and he always was the dude down the field with Matthew Slater, who's always making the tackles as well. Great special teams player. And um, yeah, the translation, I think more and more rugby players are transferring over to football at some points in their career because when you watch the game, it's it's eerily similar, and they're good at tackling. So, and that's where the money's at. So they're probably pick the best of the best. Who was that lacrosse player you guys had? Oh, the, he still plays lacrosse, and he actually they had a um, something at Gillette Stadium recently where they had his team come in and play. Um, it's the wide receiver there, the tall one, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan, yeah, uh, yep, Chris Hogan. And uh, they they actually had his had his team come and play right in Gillette and they had like a little tournament. Bob Kraft put it on. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You guys, I swear I found him out of nowhere too. I, I feel like you guys pull him out of thin air. <coughs> yeah. He, he plays for the uh, Boston Cannons. Yeah. They, they literally did pull. He was, I think he was a lacrosse player previously in college and was deciding on whether he wanted to play or not in the NFL or whatever. And they just, I think they signed him undrafted. So he had a good run with the Pats too, with Danny Amendola and Jules back then. Couple of years ago, and yeah, I got a got a Super Bowl ring and all that. So, yeah, that not is a, amazing. Yeah. Not a bad. Oh, sorry. Danny Amendola. Yeah, that's another Danny, eagle yeah. right there. Another eagle. Yep. <laughs> uh, he was a practice it. squad failure. Yeah, but he turned out great for who was it, the Rams and then you guys, right? Yeah. Yep. Rams. Rams for a long time, and then. Uh, with the Patriots and yeah, he's a good little slot receiver. Pretty much do it all, whatever you ask him to do. Yeah. Um, Wes Welker 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's more jewels, but they're both, I mean, they're both like copycats of that as well. That style, that game, that gameplay. Good, good slot receivers. Who um, would you prefer of the two? Wes Welker or Julian Edelman? Jules. Jules won championships, you know. Really? And, you prefer him over Wes? Yeah, I do. Uh Wes had a great you know, had that undefeated season that they lost. But other than that, I mean, a lot of disappointment. And he he actually, during that game, dropped a pass, a, a very crucial game drop. And, it, you know, I don't know. For me, he was unbelievable. He was a great regular season player, did good in the playoffs most of the time, but did live up to the big name. For me, Jules, you know, won more and was a – I thought he even played better with with Brady. I thought he was a you know a much better wide receiver. That interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm a huge Julian Edelman fan. I was a big Wes Welker fan when he was out there. But I remember when Julian Edelman came to the Patriots and he was just on the um, you know he was he was just on the uh, on the punt punt team and on the just returning punts and kicks and and I remember saying uh, to one of my buddies, I was like, "Hey, man, this kid, this kid's gonna be, you know, the next big thing on our team." And he was like, "No, he's not." And I was like, "Dude, just watch." I saw the way he cut and the way he moved, and I was like, "It really reminds me of Wes Welker." And he's a little bit bigger than him, so he's, you know, he's gonna be better. And then obviously with the Atlanta uh, Falcons Super Bowl, 
and that you know amazing catch he had. But not only that, but he won the MVP that as well. And he was made a ton of great catches that game. And he's yeah, he's a stud. He's a, he's a playoff stud for sure. Absolutely. Just just like doesn't have, the, doesn't have the regular season numbers for Hall of Fame or anything, but he's definitely a postseason stud that makes huge plays. James White as well. Yeah, he's he's a great, great, great running back for the Patriots. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this could wrap up the football. Didn't have a little topic in here that we could uh, talk about, maybe give some thoughts on it. But the current current events this is what you want. Yeah, you want to go for it? Oof. Afghanistan, huh? Taliban, Oof. Al-Qaeda, ISIS. We're talking sure. about it. Where are we, John Hutchinson? <laughs> he's obviously not saving the day. Not out there in cabal, you know, flying in. If if you guys don't know, uh, Monreal and I are in the military, and we 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 served together over uh, in Europe for a long time, and uh, also we went down to Africa for a deployment. So um, we 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 go back. We're pretty close when you're when you're on a deployment for almost eight months together. It's uh well for us it was about three and a half four months, but um, felt like we were there forever because it was at the height of COVID. We were there at the very beginning, and. Um, yeah, so I mean, tragic events in Cabal. <laughs> I don't know how to start this, other than okay. I shouldn't be laughing at all. But um, yeah, things that you know, it's I think it's tough for both of us to see all these types of events transpire, knowing that we have friends all around the world responding to this thing and an absolute debacle that you know was just happening, and you know, going into a situation we didn't have to end in chaos like this. Things could have been a little bit different. In, but you can give your thoughts on it too absolutely i think things could have ended up extremely different especially if they did some other kind of evacuation obviously it's easy to what do they call it monday night quarterback yeah right yep. yeah so it's easy to be captain hindsight but yeah of course jesus christ i i could have called this coming but then again everyone can say that as well but um just what a horrible situation this turned out to be and the lack of accountability that people were taking on this uh what have you seen any of the videos from the airports and stuff like that recently? Yeah, I'm sure you I have. have. There's videos of Marines taking babies from people because they're giving them their babies. Imagine how yeah. sad of a world that is. You I know, to give your child to a bunch of strangers just for a better life. Yeah, there and, was a uh, on the the wall. They were trying to get over the wall, and they were trying to throw them over the wall to the British. There was a bunch of British soldiers on the other side. They were catching them because the. The, the women and the husbands were throwing the, the babies over the wall just for the airport. That was just just uh, devastating and wild scenes from it. And then the uh, the obviously the plane and everyone trying to get on it as it was the C seventeen as it was taking off. I mean, it's just it's crazy. And you know, you know, you and I shoes like we we've been on those planes and you know traveled to locations and to just feel those emotions like, and being like, man, like, you know, if, what if I was one of that part of that flight crew or, you know, in that situation, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to see, but then also empowers you to see it because you know, you would be there to help if you, if you could, and you were called up to do that in that situation. So. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's just the time of, you know, the U S needs to heal and it needs to find, you know, you know, dig deep from within, even as we watch these things unfold and how desperate these people are to get out of it and not have the Taliban run that country. I mean, it's very scary to think about down, you know, six months from now, what that could look like and how things could transpire even worse. I, I think it's going to be uh, probably not good. And um, 
we all got to start looking out for things around here in the U.S. to make sure that we're all safe. Yeah, and it definitely won't be good. There's going to be a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for, fallout from this whole situation that's going to affect the rest of the world. All those guns that have been captured that the Americans bought or that we all bought pretty much have all been given to the Taliban. That's going to find its way to Europe. That's going to find its way to North Africa, South Africa. Uh, it's going to cause chaos. And it's just sad to see. But we yeah. definitely have to see how this is all going to play out. Lots of money bought and sold, the equipment, the the helicopters, the vehicles, and just the negligence of how all this transpired is uh, is disheartening for you know what we have before us, and it it's something that you know we think about and we take we hope we hold it wholeheartedly and deeply. But um, I guess here at Project Sports, you know, we we talk about things that happen all around the world um, with sports, but also you know with current events that you know things that we can improve and better ourselves upon. And I think it's just something to take a moment to learn about it. And I, sometimes I'll come across people who are like, Oh, I'm not into politics. I'm not into this or that. It's like, well, I think people really, every person should be into something uh, in regards to politics, just because you got to know what's going on because one day you could wake up and you could be in a, in a whole new country because your borders have changed. And so it's important to be up on a current events and looking into things that are happening around the world. Absolutely. And then, uh, I don't even care if you have a different opinion than me. Just have an opinion about it, you know. Just, just have, be honest. Have an opinion and have some awareness of what's going on around you. Exactly. And uh, I guess we can get into a little bit more of a fun subject here. Transition just a bit. We'll tone it down. But and I, I'm gonna actually have Kyler Harrington back on the show because he was my number one guest. <sighs> um, but at the end of the podcast, if anyone who else who listened to this episode, which there was quite a few of you who did. And if you have listened to the show, he we had a question about zombies, and you can go listen to it and get it in detail. But it was pretty much who he would take with him in a zombie apocalypse, and you're in a house together by yourself, and you have to defend yourself. Who, who would you pick? And we were coming from our just our, our local flight, and he had originally he picked Montreal and, and, and me. All of a sudden, changed his mind and picked uh, Jonathan. And Sergeant Hutchinson, as he called him, but Jonathan and uh, Montreal, what is your reaction to that? What do you have to say to Kyle Harrington when he comes back on this podcast? Oh, I, I have a lot more than just a few words for Kyler. <laughs> but uh, I just don't know the logic behind that. I even asked him myself in person. I don't know the logic behind that. I don't know. For all you viewers who don't know uh, John Hutchinson, this man is much like Jordan Mailata, except slower. Uh, he's one of my best friends of mine, but there's no way he's running like John or like my, my lot is. But yeah, he is what six seven, six eight. Well, close. He's a big guy. He's a, he's a really big man. Yeah, I just think that would be a hindrance in a zombie apocalypse. So I would imagine you want someone small and mobile that can, you know, be a little especially, shifty. Especially as like one like maybe like because I mean I'm I'm a taller guy too. To pick two taller guys, I think would be. Um, probably not smart. You're gonna have one have some versatility and and what the different uh, skill sets could be to operate. So I I I I actually liked his original pick, and then we changed it. I just started laughing because I was like, you're gonna get a kick out of it. But yeah, it is funny. <laughs> it is it is funny. But uh, yeah. All right, Monreal, do you have any closing words to this uh, episode of Project Sports? No, just thank you for having me on, and everyone who's gotten this far onto the podcast. Thank you for listening in. 
Uh, I hope to be on the show again sometime soon, and you know, let's just hope everything just keeps going. Um, oh, just keeps going. Let's just hope everything gets better. Uh, we're yeah. in a really bad part in life right now, everywhere, but let's just hope everything can wrap yeah. itself up and heal. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. I want to get you a microphone and a, and a computer so we can get this rolling because I mean, I'm not a caveman. You, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a caveman. Because I, you made some really great points, and I really enjoyed having you on the show. And, and thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me, Tim. Yeah, no problem. And uh, thanks for listening. Find me on Facebook or Spotify, Apple. Just type in Project Sports. And on my Instagram, is Project Sports Pod. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Take care.